everybody welcome to another episode of lem me no i'm your host angel lem today i'm sitting with noah james over the years noah's autobiographical rhymes have made him a pioneer in the art of storytelling and although his powerful stage presence and large stature has made him a force to be reckoned with it is the size of his heart that has remained the most imminent not only making a name for himself as an artist Noah is also widely known as a leading force in Southern California in the IE, in the hip hop community. James has also had a passion for talent and has been curating shows with his promotional company, Break to Your Face. He just came out with his new album, Dirty Gospel, and you'll have the chance to check out two of his songs from this album, Made the Devil Say Church. And we're going to end the episode with Love Monster Part 2. So on this episode, we're going to talk to Noah. We're going to find out who he is. Like I said, um, if you're a, a hip-hop head, you can see yourself a hip-hop head. And you don't know Noah, then, you know, I got a, you know, I got a happy surprise for you. And you know, I'm sure you're going to love his music. Like I said, you're going to listen to Made the Devil Say Church. And if you want to follow Noah, make sure you go to Noah underscore James. And his website is noahjames.net and there you could get some of his merch you could see his videos on youtube you know um yeah so very i mean i love this interview i wish we had more time but unfortunately zoom doesn't you know i'm not gonna pay for zoom i mean i could but i don't got the money so if i get the money then i'll start paying for zoom but as of right now that's not in the books so or in the stars but you know hopefully in the future we could have them back again and because there's a lot of things that I didn't talk about, you know, with James, especially though with Noah, especially about his battle with with diabetes, being overweight, you know, like he has had a hard life. But, you know, you like what, what you could tell with the music that he's putting out, you know, it's nothing but positive vibes. And, you know, he's a nerd. No, I, I love it. I mean, I don't know if he considers himself a nerd. I mean it with the. The most respect that I could, you know. I personally, I love Dragon Ball Z. You know, he has a couple albums. I mean, a couple songs just dedicated to Imagine Boo. He mentions Super Saiyan. Like, I love anime. That was an escape for me when I was a child. You know, watching cartoons. It still is. You know, watching TV. But you know, especially Dragon Ball Z. So, you know, if you're a fan of anime, you just love powerful men and. You know, like music with the message. Noah is the guy for you. You know, his music is perfect. You know, it's perfect if you you just need to be uplifted. You know, go check out one of his songs. And 
yeah so i think that's it for the intro like i said we're gonna listen to made made the devil say church we did have some technical difficulties so if it sounds a little choppy you know there's some parts that I, like it seems like i cut them off i did sometimes but for the most part it was just we had issues with the internet so hopefully you you enjoyed this episode and you're patient and you know if you like this episode make sure you go to itunes leave a five-star review and make sure you add me on Instagram at let me know pot. All right, let's get to it. Let's listen to Noah James and listen to what he has to say. However vast the darkness, we must apply our own light. A flower that grew in darkness, the dirt must be special.
what's up everybody welcome back so hopefully you guys enjoy that song that's featuring my guest noah james how are you Noah? i'm good bro how you doing i'm good so i was telling you so i was just right here setting up and then i was sitting down waiting for you and all of a sudden my chair just broke so i'm a little oh. flustered i'm not gonna lie i'm a little flustered but it's all right sorry right. that the good the good thing is that i have you here i didn't have you wait too long so so it's all good now so, we're good man yeah yeah so um basically i like to start every show by asking my guests how their day is pretty good man just getting some work done organizing getting ready for video release so i get my mailchimp and make sure that my uh, email list is in order i kind of like got my eyes crossed my teeth i hit a bowl around noon yeah, yeah chill yeah. Then yeah. go back to it yeah and i know you work out a lot so i'm sure you need to like relax those muscles you know so uh yeah a good hour you know i just need a good rest i smoke i eat edible <laughs> i be it's chill so it don't it used to take me way longer to recover, but it's been, it's been good now. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you're pretty known. You know, you're, like, basically a legend um, in the IE, you know. So, but for any listeners that might not know you, can you tell them a little bit about yourself? Um, my name is Noah James. I'm from the LA Empire. I actually was born in Southside, Jamaica, Queens. I lived in Jacksonville, Florida. I lived in Pasadena. Uh, came out here in my team and it was kind of like I've been rapping since like just having fun like just rapping since like nine you could say nine damn that's like, a long just, time like just just battling and rapping and doing not even taking it seriously like I didn't probably take music seriously until I was like 25. Oh, wow. You know, now I'm in my 30s, so it's like rapping always has been just like the therapeutic thing, or I feel like I love blues so much. Like, I love Bobby Blueland, Charles Bradley, Muddy Waters, B.B. King. Like, I love them so much, and I couldn't sing blues. So rapping was like another way to... Uh... So, like, what, what, what interests you about rapping, like, once... Pretty much you figured out like i can't can't do blues like how did you like land in rapping I like rapping is blues that's what i realized okay. rapping is blues like blues rap imitates all of that music all of it it's just a, a different way of doing it you know somebody use a guitar somebody use acoustic somebody use a hand somebody use a harmonica you know us was beats it was I still rap over beats that are just samples. The guy know it's just a loop. And to me, that's blues. Like, it's just the loop of the sample going, and that was blues. So when I start realizing that they're actually the same, it became more easier to, uh, I don't know, fall in love with rap. Like, fall in love with hip-hop. Like, even in hip-hop, like, I start really listening to hip-hop like say 94 you know 94 90 like really paying attention and really in it at the time i'm like i'm just listening to what was catching me but at this and around that time i started actually digging like doing history and shit like that like and back then like who were some of your influences like i'm sure you were nine yeah. Like 94, like maybe Tupac. Rodman. 
Uh, you know what's crazy? It wasn't. I went a little further. At that time, I went back. It was like Rock Kim. Okay, wow. Daddy Kane, Chub Rock, mm-hmm. Queen Latifah. I went and started a cameo. <laughs> it was like, it was a lot of. Then I started even that. It was crazy. My homies would be really into gangster rap. And me, I'm into uh, Digital Planets. I'm into. Uh, who else around that time? Uh, um, take me to another place. Man, who was, it was, it was like, even like Tribe, like the basics of Tribe. I don't want to say the basics, but that was like, if you get into conscious hip hop or around that time, Tribe Quest was a go-to. Busta was a go-to. It was all these go-to, most deaf, Tyler Kweli, it was, you know, I think Pac, I didn't appreciate Pac and Big until I feel I actually understood it. Because I feel like a lot of immature people would listen to Pac and Big at that time and get influenced by the wrong things of their message. And I think that that pushed me off getting into uh, gangster rap at that time. Like, I'm already vicious. I'm already, I'm already that. I don't feel like listening to that shit. Like, that was my mindset. Like, I'm gonna listen to Woo, but certain Woo songs, because I don't feel like listening to what I'm living. Yeah. That I made think. no sense to me. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm getting, I, it's like, I got two devils on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, so I didn't get into, like, Pac and Big probably until, like, 2000. Like, I knew the catalog, I knew the songs, but really diving in and like into them as artists and musicians and you know i was able to enjoy it being mature now and having that mindset you know even like bone thug like i love bone thug like that was one of my my grandpa died in 96 and man i started going through like oh i started finding like a lot of midwest music like do or die twister I started finding eight ball MJG from Memphis. Like it was uh, with me and music. It was all about. I think it was with how mature I was at the time when I was listening. Yeah, and like I mean, you could tell in your music, it's a lot of like message driven. Like you always have yeah. a message on every one of your songs. So like those influences, like they make sense, you know. Like even yeah. like, you know. So yeah, but so you, you you said you lived. You were born in Queens, correct? Yeah. And then you yeah. moved to Florida and then you came here. So you pretty much had like the East Coast, like where um, hip hop started. Then you went down what? That's not South, right? But still like. Yeah, that, that's that, South. Yeah, no, nah, that's South. Like Jacksonville is fucking the boonies. Yeah, and then you got South right? and then you came and brought all that to the West Coast. Like, do you feel like you had to do that? Like, like you were pretty much one of like the Mavericks and brought like combine those two those two genres or like those two styles of music into the like the west coast hip-hop man you know what jay like try to care almost had the similar because he's from new orleans and he moved to the east and moved back to new orleans and lived out west every once in a while <laughs> and i think for me it um it was in my stars for me to live in group homes in queens because Mama in jail, dad, my dad in Hades got deported. My mom is doing like, at that time, she was doing about 11 year bit. Wow. And then I go, I'm bouncing from Queens to Jacksonville to my family house down there. 
and that's like my roots. Like my family owned that house that used to be owned though. Mm-hmm. So it was really rooted down there. And that's when um, I kind of start waking up because I'm getting this knowledge on. You know, my great grandmother, she passed um, at 115 years old. Wow. Right? One of the first black women to vote. Like a lot of firsts. <laughs> a lot of firsts. So I'd be like, wow. And that really shook me up. West Coast gave me space to find like minded people. And while I'm finding like-minded people, I have I have to be open-minded myself. You know, that was one thing. Was I don't know. A lot of people in West Coast are like I remember, I, know, I hear some people like, "Yo, you can't really trust." I'm like, "Nah, man, that's everywhere, my G. You you can find your tribe. You can find your people. You can find, and it's a different, a lot of different people, a lot of different races, a lot of different religion." Like, it was a lot of different mindsets. And me, I love different. Me and my girl are very different. Our, our, how we think is different. And some people are like, y'all don't clash heads? I said, no, we create the fucking Voltron. That's what we do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why would I clash with the one that have a powerful mind and have their own thinking? No. Mm-hmm. You know, shit, all right, you could be the head on this Voltron and if I need to be the head next time you can be the head on that. I can be the arms and the limbs. So it's, it's I don't think West Coast showed me that. Like I'm very open minded, very you know, I can go to the Bay. I can go to Central County. I can go to South County. I can go to High Desert. <laughs> There's all these different areas that I don't I don't know. It it helped me a lot. Definitely like I, I see that like you and your girl, um you guys get along pretty well. Like I actually yeah. heard um break to bring to break to your face uh, your other your podcast you guys complete each other so like the Voltron reference like makes perfect sense you know like then you guys are able to like like your play on each other's strengths and you know make yeah. each other stronger so I totally agree and also like um I heard like through your podcast that you just mentioned it like you you're living at uh, group homes and I mean there I heard that your your granny's house was like a revolving door not only for you but like for your brother and i think you had like net cousins that yeah you guys guys constantly had to come in and out and like i want to know like how was that like your childhood you know um i'm sure it wasn't easy um but can you like tell me a little bit about that because you know like i want Um, to know like who you were (laughs) like a daycare if, if you know what it felt like when I got older, it reminded me it, it was if it was a kid that lived at the daycare. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because some if, if we're staying at the house, but everyone is coming in and out, so they actually got a place to go or family. They just need a, some quick help or a pit stop, and that's where our house was. It was it was that all the time. Cousins, aunties, uncles. Family that just got out of jail, family that just um, lost their job and they can't afford their apartment, but they can't afford a room for 300, you know what I mean? It, it was that, or a bed for 150. And, or you get a bed or get a room, you just helping granny out. It was, uh, that's me now. When I was young, it was, it was wild, bro. It was, consistent of never feeling uh, uh, in place like this. You have no parents. 
So people treat you like that. People, even family would treat you knowing that you really have nobody. So they, in their mind, they assume that you really have no one to protect you. Because granny's protecting everyone. So you don't, you don't have this one lioness, the lion, the protectors of one lion cub. This cub is just, it's a village, but everyone have their own hut and these lion cubs get, stays by the campfire. Gotcha. And that's, you know what I mean? So that's how it was when we ain't coming up all the time. And it's like, we can be forgotten about, we can become invisible. Um, we have to yell to be heard or we have to act out to even be seen, you know what I mean? And that caused me to become the black sheep, you know? And I think once I understood something that my family didn't understand, like to start waking me up, I start just taking myself out of the situation. Even to this day, it's like, <clears throat> I don't have the support of my family. I don't have the connect. It's just me, my granny, my little brother, and some cousins. But more, more of my nieces and nephews deal with me because to them, I'm, I'm Uncle Noah, the rap star. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's different. Like everyone else is like, ah, oh, he's doing this and doing that. We don't know. Then the kids are like, nah, he, hey. You can pay some of your bills. <laughs> like, look, so it's, it's, it's different, bro. Coming up, it's, I don't know. It, I think about it. My music always, like, I, in the songs, I felt I was invisible. I was an invisible boy. Mm-hmm. Me and my brother. It, then it became, it became a time where my brother start, you know, they start really loving my brother because he's playing football. He's doing what's right. He's becoming a stand-up Christian and all of this. And I'm really being alienated because I'm not believing in the religion. I see fake pastors in the family. I'm seeing all of this. So I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm good. So it was, growing up was weird, man. That was like my, that's like my 12 teens. And even younger, it was just more of, me chasing the love of my mom. My mom is in and out of jail. I'm I'm visiting her in the feds. I'm writing her letters. I'm writing her rap songs. You know, I'm chasing her. I'm visiting crack houses. Um, buying a gun at eight because I know it's dangerous at a crack house. So I'm protecting myself and my people who deal with my mom. It's selling me the gun. <laughs> so it's like, um, it's that one is that one is a wound that still fresh sometimes. It's still fresh. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's different how it is. That one, like, I remember that shit vividly. Like, I can smell, I can smell the crack when I think about it. Mm-hmm. Like when I walk in, I can smell that shit. I shit stink. Shit is crazy i see the plastic on the on the windows you know what i mean i see certain doors boarded up or locked from the outside you know that one seemed like a fucking movie sometimes but it's such in the front of my mind sometimes like i deal with mom i've been dealing with my mom lately okay and and 
feel like I'm trying to cross a land, uh, a field of landmines. It, mm-hmm. it's, it's triggering. Oh, fuck, yeah. it's triggering. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And I'm, I go to therapy, you know, I have a therapist. Shit, when when I was going through my hard times, she was going through harder times. Right. So I had to put all of these things in perspective, mm-hmm. but still not uh, neglecting my hurt. I'm not pushing my hurt down because now I understand hers. She got to understand hers too, so she can understand mine. Yeah. So I'm not the only one trying to cross this landmine, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's it's pretty vicious and beautiful yeah. at the same time. Right? And, I, and do you feel like you're maybe still chasing that? Like you know, we all want that love from our mom. I'm sure she loves you, but you know, like maybe like at that young age, not understanding why she did the I mean the things she did. You know, but you know what's crazy? Like I did peyote at 16. It took me on forgiveness journey. It's not like I I don't want her love. It's actually I don't actually need it as I thought I needed when I was young. Like I dropped the album called The Love Was Never Hidden. And that album talked about I was looking for love in all the wrong places. I'm I'm chasing this love from my my mom, but my grandmother's showing me love. My my homie's mom, my homie Steven, his grandma showed me love like a mom. I have a lot of moms. And that's what the universe was showing me. Like you have a lot of mamas that love you like their own child. Do not disrespect them by thinking you're not loved. And that's what the the that was a mindset. That's like Merz telling me on tour. Stop thinking about the motherfuckers that's at the bar. Stop, you know what rappers get on stage, they'd be like, yo, everyone come to the front. Yeah. Come to the front, right? Um, you don't realize the people that was already standing there mm-hmm. at the front, you didn't have to ask them. Yeah. Now you're disrespecting those people that was there that you didn't have to ask. Mm-hmm. What you should do is only pay attention to those people in front. Yeah. Wow. And that, and that, like, shit, that, that gave me uh, how I built with my supporters now. But I think the same thing in life, like, oh, these are the two same things. Mm-hmm. The love is always there, but we want love from that person, or we yeah. want love from that energy. But how about these people that's already there saying they love you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's so- that's deep right there. Like, I mean. I myself, I suffer from that, like, especially with this podcast, like, I'm always looking for, like, new listeners, I want more listeners, but sometimes, like, I lose track of, like, the people that are actually listening to us right now, you know, like, yeah. I didn't have to, like, I don't have to search for them, like, they come and they're supporting me, yeah, I mean, like, that. that's, that's, I mean, that's true, I, I, I totally yeah. get it, you know? Now, I feel you, it's the same thing, I wanted more fans, but... To get more fans, I had to do that tedious work of actually building with the, each fan. Mm-hmm. Like I saw that on, I saw these the the big artists like the Tech Nines and shit. That's what they do, bro. They would sit there with every fan. They don't care if it was three or three hundred, and they would get that love. They don't care if it's one. They'd be like, "Merge, yo, there's only one person out there." You still want to come out? It's like, why even ask him that? He's still going to come out. You know, so we, I learned that. And it's the same, uh, 
apply it to life. Like, you got that one person that love you. There's people out in the world where no one really loves them. They're alone. They really are alone. That's a very scary feeling. I think that's why I have a lot of empathy because of that. Because some some people just don't have nobody. So how disrespectful, how spoiled, rotten child I am <laughs> to think no no one loves me and my grandma over here spending a thousand dollars on gap gap clothes. <laughs> just you know, she's like, yeah, we're in poverty, but I'm going to make sure you look good or you look presentable so it can get you something. Yeah, yeah. And that's, oh, when I start realizing that, I'm like, oh, I don't, mama, your love is, uh, it's like, a, it's Hallmark cards. It's, it's what society sells to you. Yeah. It's, it's these holidays, what society is selling to you. Like, there's nothing like a mother love. Like, actually, <laughs> there's a lot. There's people that will love you to death like a mother love. And sometimes it's even, it's even more special because that woman did not give birth to you. Yeah. That man, didn't, you didn't come from his stack. <laughs> hmm. And he's showing you love like a father. So, I don't know. I feel even more special to have these people that don't have to do that. They're not obligated to love you. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like some parents you're obligated to love your kids. If you say you don't, you're a fucking monster. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, like, it made me feel even special, man. And I mean, is that why you dedicated a whole album to her? Um, Granny says or said, yeah, man. My granny's still alive. I had to let people know, Granny's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Granny is. She took care of a lot of grandkids, you know what I mean? And that's one thing I wanted to show. I wanted, I wanted the people, she deserved to have a legacy and be legendary. You know what I mean? And that's one thing I wanted to do because she damn near made me legendary. She, every wise word, every moment in my life, she has stirred me to go this way, you know, in a most loving, aggressive way. Threaten to shoot me, <laughs> boy! I, boy, I shoot you in your fucking liver, Ooh. like shit, like the yeah, <laughs> like like the wild shit, bro. But that's um, she's to me, she's an archangel. She's a warrior angel. She ain't this soft, elegant, glowing angel. She's one of them angels with swords and armors and a Glock and a brownie mm. nine and. A, <laughs> You know, I just got her a shotgun and a, uh, she got a purse where she can put her nine in it. Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. So this is the one who told me how to shoot guns. Oh, dang. <laughs> Make moon shout out to Granny. She, she was a hustler, man. I think that's why it was in my stars for her to get a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Like all my cousins, say out of the, out of the 11 of us, only one is dead. Three of us been in jail, but we out now and doing even better. That's good. And rest are good. Like, this is all her grandkids that was pretty much the paramount 80s baby. Mom on crack, auntie on crack, uncle on crack. So granny's taking care of all of us, mm-hmm. you know, in these different time, times of our lives. Mm-hmm. And 
I think her uh, her her percentage, her winning percentage is pretty good. She's at like what 87, 7 plus, you know, 70 yeah. plus, 80. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's good. <laughs> so, I mean, like growing up, like, you know, at a home with full of people, I'm sure like it's not stable and you might not be able to like education was not, you know, like the most important thing surviving this, you know, at that point when. Yeah. So like, can you tell me like important was education? Like obviously like rapping, you gotta know how to read, you know, rhyme. Like Steven, you know, had him on the show, like asked him, you know, if he could give me some insight because I wanted to make sure I give you a good interview. Like he told me that yeah. like you didn't learn to read until 16. Yeah, like 14, like 14, I read off memory. Uh -huh. okay. So I really was reading off memory. Oh, right. like I was, that's why I can, that's why some thoughts are very vivid in my mind. Like I can remember, I can remember what was going on at six years old, mm -hmm. like detailed, like all the way. So I read off memory, then I I, I got hooked on phonics. <laughs> right. Like I started really, I had to educate myself because I was embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Like I was so embarrassed that, especially getting caught in the front, Especially if a teacher know that and they will pick on you. Some teachers that that had that bad that badass energy, like they will pick on you. Mm -hmm. So my grandmother to this day, like she didn't my grandmother had her first kid at 13. So my grandma didn't even go to middle school. Wow. Like not not until now we have family that's going into college. Mm -hmm. Are becoming doctors, or becoming lawyers. You know what I mean? It was, it was, our in our family education wasn't as important as 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 it should have been. Mm -hmm. You know, but some of us knew how important it was, and we started educating ourselves. Like my life is me educating myself, mm -hmm. like fourteen and above that. You know. It was, I'm a fail and so I'm gonna get F's in certain classes. Mm -hmm. Like for sure, I'm gonna get F's cause I did, you know, even being born with, with, with that substance in me, mm -hmm. I had a learning disability. My brother had a learning disability. Mm -hmm. We all had these learning disabilities that you, you wonder why people in poverty are so angry and we have a lot of mental problems. And on top of that, we have learning disabilities. Sometimes, you know, you get distracted easy. You can't focus. The school is is really teaching you how to focus and study. That's pretty much what school is teaching you. How to do your work on your own homework, you know, it, be more efficient by yourself, you know. And we wasn't able to even have that. You know, when I get home, it's hard to do homework. Mm -hmm. I got a full fucking house. Everyone lit. Everyone lit. Uncles lit from, from drinking at the park all day. Some of the families are on drugs. We all on sugar because of our eating habits. You know, it was, it was no way to fucking concentrate. There was no... Even thinking about it nowadays, I'd be like, yo, it's... <laughs> To win, to 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 win, to even be where I'm at now, I'm surprised because it was no no tutoring, no nothing. I I do give this about the government. 
but you have to you have to be active. I had a social worker. My social worker will go down a list of things that that I I can do. Like she can help me with like the therapist classes, and I actually did these. I went to therapy. I went to certain classes that she helped. I went. I will be vocal about what when I learned that to be vocal about it. Like tell someone I can't read. I read off memory, and they be like, "How?" I said, "I asked what that word is, and I know it looks like it. They tell me what it is, so." What it looked like, I remember what that person said. That that word says that. Or that word says elephant. You know, or that word says this. I could do the basic, cast the basic words of is, the, and all of that, or understand what that there is, or just that shit. It was, I would really just ask for help. Like, you know, like, oh, what, what, what do I... It was a big word, but I really just didn't understand it, or I would try to finesse it to make it seem like I'm just this young kid that just need help. They wouldn't assume that I couldn't read. They just know, oh, he need help. And that's how I got by. <laughs> Once the real getting into middle school and here come the tests and you, I'm getting frustrated. Mm -hmm. I am big and black. I'm angry. Mm -hmm. I'm bitter. And it's from my surroundings and at the same time that I'm over here getting dizzy trying to read a fucking book. Wow. It makes no sense to me. Oh yeah. I mean that that makes sense. Like so was rapping like your outlet, I guess your way of, you know, taking out all that frustration that you had built up. Like you don't need to yep. read. You don't at, at at nine you don't really have to write, you know. So I mean it was just freestyle. Same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, like, style and mimicking what I'm hearing. And like, how did how has your music progressed? Like, obviously, I mean, you've grown as a person, and your music has too. But like, how do you feel? Like, what 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 would you tell your past self? Like your young self? Like when it came to like the style of rapping or what you were talking about? Yeah. Um. I would. I would. At that time, I'd be like. Um. Even at night, I don't know when I would talk to him because I think the, the vital times of me just freestyling over beats, mm -hmm. that gave me, that started giving me confidence to teaching myself. And really learning how to read, go read some different books. You know, go read books educating yourself about you. You know, because I'm reading whatever I had access to. And that's the basic, I mean, like, basic of Dr. Seuss books. Then taking books from the library, reading, like, The Scarlet Letter, because that was already in school at the time, or Lord of the Flies. Like, just whatever I had access to, you know what I mean? But I would I would have told him to educate himself more, because in my 20s, when I started educating myself more, styles of rap became unlimited. It became, I rap any style from trap to good chop to boom bap to double time, triple time. I started understanding pockets. I started understanding what words can carry into a pocket. It was, um, I started getting into poetry when in my 20s. It was like, I would tell myself that younger, oh, go read some poetry. 
know what I mean? Go check out Gil Scott, you know what I mean? Like, go check out this person, go. It was, it was, yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, (laughs) that was. I agree with you, though. Poetry is, like, very underrated, you know, like, I think especially for us, like, people of color, like, like, we just see white people succeeding when it comes to, like, poetry and, you know, like, we don't... Yeah, poetry. Like, what I do is poetry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I do, it's, like, when I used to go to poetry, say when I'm older and I, like, say 25, 26, and I would go to poetry reading, and I would speak acapellas, some people would tell me that's not poetry. I'd be like, how? The form. What what form? We talking about poetry. Like, expressing ourselves yeah. like what form what format what structure are you talking about when i learn how to read and start understanding what i'm reading man it gave me this it gave me a crazy confidence to where how i write now like i write very well now you know i can write emotions out very well now. i know how to write in emotional state i can make you feel what i'm writing you know and to me, to where like where I came, where I'm, who, how I started, it wasn't even close to that. I, you know, only I would tell him, I like, don't worry about it. Keep doing this work. Just keep doing this work, young man. Just keep doing this. Just keep doing the work. You keep doing the work. You're gonna get it. And that's because that's all I've been doing. That's all I'm telling myself now. That's all I used. We're here before my grandfather died. Do the work, nigga. Just do the work. Do the work. And if you do the work, and that means everything. Like, the work isn't just this one thing that you identify. It's that, it's them, a lot of things that identify what you're doing. Like, you rap, you better learn how to market. And it's really if you're independent. If you rap and you want to be independent, learn branding, learn marketing. Learn how to do a little PR for yourself. Learn how to book yourself. Learn how to hire the right people. But at least put on some of these hats so you know when you hire someone, you know what they need to do. Just like do the work. If if I'm not trying to go for a major label and they're doing the work for me. Yeah. No. And I think that's what I really would tell young Noah. Like, yo, just keep doing the work and do a little more work. And when you feel like you're doing a little more work, do more work. Mm-hmm. You're young. Mm-hmm. You know, like, and stop taunting your cousins as gangbanging. They're, you're like, I would tell them that too. Like, don't leave them alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I leave mean, now, yeah, now fast forwarding to like now, like, I mean, what does it mean to you being a pillar to the hip hop community? Like, you're very important. Obviously, you're considered a legend in uh, Inland Empire, but. You know, you got good, good uh, recommendations, I guess, from Merce, you know, like you mentioned, like, you know, the stamp of approval. But like, what does it mean to you? Like, do you ever take that in? And do you consider yourself a legend? Like, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of pressure on your shoulders with like carrying that title. It's, I don't know. I I think 2018, I really start thinking about, you know, the my OGs are my OGs are telling me, the, my OG Dirty Birdie is telling me I'm doing this, or propaganda like you doing this right, or certain people will tell me these things. I'm not really looking at looking at it like uh, a pillar. I feel like I'm just doing what uh, 
what I need would need to be done, you know. And the legendariness became, um, I don't know, the people who were saying legendary, they had to tell me why. I didn't even understand why, mm. you know. And they would tell me, oh, you done this, you done I'm like, word, but it was this, like, yo, you actually have put people on and helped them out, and some of them are blowing up, and you gave them their start and stuff, and I have to think about that. And I'm like, my time hasn't passed yet, so it's hard for me to accept legendary sometimes or legend. Yeah. That's what sometimes a legend is. It's like my time haven't shit. Some of my time to where I'm from, I've been doing this for a while. Mm-hmm. But it's crazy to the rest of the world for the last three years. I'm a new artist. Mm-hmm. I'm a new, I'm a new face. Mm-hmm. I'm new. And it's it's different. I'm in two worlds. Yeah, with the legendariness, it's just um I I take it with a grain of salt with a lot of love <laughs> yeah. that's what i do it because i still deal with people like sometimes i knew mm-hmm. i am i do i do i i don't do as much as i used to as an artist i don't have to do so much um as i did as an up-and-coming artist that's pretty much the benefit that's a good benefit where i have some notoriety where I can walk in the place and, oh, all right, I got some type of notoriety to get this done or get this handled or get this blog or get this show, you know what I mean? But I take it with a very, with a grain of salt, man. I take praise and hate with a grain of salt. That's like, I I really, because I don't want, I don't want my ego to go up and I don't want to chip on my shoulder. You know, so if I do that, I can just balance myself out. That's how I look at it. Like ego up here, chip on here. Now, if I just do this, I can balance myself out with just a little dash, a little grain, because it's just, I don't, I see the most loving, positive people become who they don't want to be because they took that in. Because that's what they really wanted. Uh, legendariness, that's being legendary, that's beautiful, that's cool. I want more. I want more for myself and my community. Yeah. I want yeah. us to be owners. I want us to be, you know, brick and having on our brick and mortar, owning some of these buildings out here that like that throw events, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's what Kobe say? Like the work's not done. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, we're not finished. So I take it with the granite. So I won't. I probably won't feel like I'm legendary until I probably create a label or some sort where I'm funneling, funneling artists. I know I do that in a sense, right mm-hmm. where where I'm from right now. But so I I want to know, like you know, we all got hit with this pandemic and. You know, I know you just this year you released Love Was Never Hidden and just recently you released Dirty Gospel. So was yeah. that like, like, what can you tell me about that? Like why release two? I mean, was it LPs, EPs? Like, but why release two, two um, pieces of work at the same, the same year? Usually like people wait like a, a year to release the next one. Um, I told myself to release six albums this year. Oh, wow. Just before a pandemic even started, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like I told myself, release six albums this year. The six bodies of work, LPs, uh-huh. albums, EPs, stuff like that. 
Um, it was kind of like cause last year. I think I dropped. I dropped one album, but I dropped a lot of singles and dropped the EP. Mm -hmm. I like the work and consistency of it, right? Mm -hmm. Then I will wait. I will wait. I used to wait. Then my girl would be like, "Boy, you're a career musician." I was like, "All right." She said, "This is your career." Mm -hmm. I said, "All right." So in your career, you have to have a lot of work, a lot of music to push. If you are a career musician, this she's making me understand the work ethic that I gotta have and the mountain that I gotta push. Cause she managed me to, she managed how the music realm is. Even Steven does, and my homie, my bro Preston, he'll manage me too. And we seeing the 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 speedway and how fast do I want to go? You know, so I found my own pace of. I create so much. These are planned. These two albums was planned 2018 and 19. So Love and Never Hidden was being written early 2019 and Dirty Gospel was being written, was finished in December. Okay. So I kind of just want to drop more music. The pandemic hit, that made me like, damn, this is this is going to affect the music business mm -hmm. you know but i have i have i have a core following that love my music and my music will help especially in these times if i'm going to release music these times is a perfect time to release music yeah for me and what i talk about so it was really in that sense like i had to have i <laughs> i did want to release no albums this year at, like when after COVID hit, I did it. I, I don't want to feel like I'm failing, uh, you know, to get what I need out of the album. I wouldn't be able to tour, wouldn't be able to release parties, listen to parties like I do. I wouldn't be able to do like the fun little shit I do with my core coat following that, you know, I talk through text messages and emails. I wouldn't be able to do none of that and it was de fucking depressing mm -hmm. and the only thing that was going to get me out of this depression was doing music and releasing music yeah yeah well like, i mean I, I, that's understandable i mean you do have to like you got to get ahead of it because a lot of people feel the same way they're depressed they don't want to write they don't want to you know go in the booth but those that are putting in the work like you said you know like the advice you're giving your young self like those are putting the work while everything's slow or shut down. They're the ones that are going to, you know, you're going to come out a better artist, you know, a better rapper. Like you're going to like these things that you're putting out, like you get, you're still getting your name out there. Like me personally, like I stopped recording for a month and now getting back into it. It's pretty hard, you know, getting back into like the at the yeah. rate that you're putting the work. Like it's hard putting in that same amount of workout. So I mean, at least you're staying like consistent. Like while others are going down, they're taking a break. They're you know working on themselves, but just it's a good thing you're still out there. Yeah. Spaces, you know, and that's good. That's a good yeah. activate. Activate, man. The only way the magic is going to happen, you activate. Mm -hmm. We got a lot of social st justice stuff going on. Yeah. If you want to be active physically, activate. Mm -hmm. You want to be active with online or help it activate but you don't have to stop your music or what you're doing 
you can be both. I think that's what a lot of people in these times realize. They feel like they have to choose one because people will make you feel like, oh, man, you dropped the music at, during this time. They're like, yeah, this is what I do. Music always been part of the fight. It's always been part of the 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 message. Music always, and the people who drop music like uh, uh, Public Enemy, you know, Rage Against the Machine. Like it's, it's, so I tell people like, find your balance in these crazy times. Find like, grow your soul right now. You know, I put something up like I learned from Buddha and Buddha said, you know, in these in these times of chaos, like grow your soul. Like in these times, grow, grow. Like there's no other way. Don't let this these things that they are they are affecting you, but they're not directly affecting you. There's people that is dying. There's people that is getting shot. There's kids in the cages. <laughs> Don't act like if you're one of those kids or there's or the person that gets shot or a person that, you know what I mean? You are alive, you're mm-hmm. breathing, activate your magic right now. Yeah. You know, be a healer in these times. So I I that's what I start I start telling myself, like, sure, I got another EP I'm about to drop in November. Mm-hmm. Like like shit, keep going, Orca. That's what I'm telling yeah. myself, like, hey, keep going, Orca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I mean, all this stuff that you're telling, like, that you're saying, like, man, it's like gospel to me right now. Like, I need to hear that. Like, you're right. Like, everything that you're saying, like, I think that's why I enjoy your music because, like, I think you mentioned it. Like, you put out a video on Instagram and you, like, you scream advice. Like, you know, like, you got your own yeah. way. Like, pe- like, breaking in through people, like, you're gonna listen to me, you know, and you know, that's every- my granny, man. Hey, yeah, and I, and I mean, it's it's important. Like that's the only way I learn. Like I learn by failing and by people screaming at me. You could tell, ask my girl, but you know, like that. I, I mean, I think that's why, like, for those hard-headed people, just anybody, you know, like, like hearing your music is very insightful, and like you, you pretty much you're speaking from the heart. Like you could tell everything that you're saying is, you know, has a meaning to you. And I appreciate that. So, um, and I don't want to take too much time. So, why don't you tell people where they can find your like? I know, like I said, you um, gospel. Um, well, hold on. What was the name of it again? Dirty Gospel. Like that's yeah. your newest, um, your newest album. So, um, yeah. just let people know where they can find you. Your social media. Um, hey, NoahJames.net. If you want to find anything about, me, go to NoahJames.net. If you want to check out my merchandise, my my clothing brand, check out bemajestic.store. That's where you can find even exclusive stuff on my website, stuff I don't even put out on social media. Like I got a blog, I got a dirty gospel page. So yeah, check out knowingjames.net. Yeah, and I mean, there's only so much I could touch on this episode. Like I hopefully you come back again. Like I would like to, to like, I mean, I know you just went through a battle with diabetes and I wanted to touch on that, but you know, just time isn't allowing us. So, I mean, I just want to thank you, man. Thank you for like setting some time for me and speaking to me. And I mean, go out there and support him. Go, go check out his store, go check out his music. And like, you're also, um, I don't know if you want to promote, you got some dates that you're going to do some social distancing events Ooh, and some. Uh, 
October 8th, Cafe Organic in San Bernardino. That's John Sally's Vegan Restaurant in San Bernardino. Shout out to John Sally. October 10th is a virtual one uh, with Payday LA. Um, it will be on a page of YouTube. October 14th, there'll be another virtual show with the Crop Kings out of Palm Springs, uh, the desert over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, October 24th is another virtual show with Jelani, the Ill Spot. And November 1st is a Get Out and Vote. That's a social distancing show. Mm-hmm. So November 1st in, in San Bernardino, I'll be doing a Get Out vote event because you need to get out vote vote local figure out who is in your local running shout out like that's what i've been educating myself on like who the fuck is running my city yeah 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 Yeah, well i mean i don't know if you want to leave the listeners with some advice before you go lead with love y'all and let love be your greatest fuel love is your greatest fuel anything else is diesel fuel you know what i mean mm-hmm, anything yeah. else that you put if you put diesel fuel in your car you won't get to the street you know what i mean so that's how i look at, at life love is my only fuel anything else is diesel it's gonna fuck up your head hey man well thank you man thank you for coming and if you guys are listening to what he's saying, because yeah, I mean, if you're like me, I mean, this is the only way you're going to learn from people like him. So thank you, man. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm going to play a song. I don't know. You'll let me know what songs you want me to play, if that's okay with you. Um, but yeah, man, hopefully yeah. you guys enjoy, enjoyed the intro music that one I put before this interview and the one that you're about to hear next. Thank you, man. And thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. Peace. All right, so that was Noah James right there. So hopefully you guys enjoyed the conversation we had. Like I said, man, Noah's a very interesting person and he's lived a life and he's so young and I'm sure that there's so much ahead of him and I'm just happy to be able to witness it, you know, from far. Like, uh, hopefully, maybe I can get him back again and we can talk about other things, you know, the future. And like I mentioned earlier, like his battle, he's he's had a life and he's learned a lot. And the, for the most part, I, this episode has helped me understand myself a little bit better. Uh, maybe not to be too hard on myself and to appreciate you guys, the listeners. So, you know, I mean, you learn a lot and I learn a lot from every person that I have on the show. So, like I said, thank you, Noah. Thank you for um, to Lisa for helping me book him for Steven for introducing me to him. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what else to say. Um, go follow him at Noah underscore James and make sure you go to his website at NoahJames.net. There you can check out his music, his merch. Like I said, he's going to um, like he said, like he mentioned on the show, he's going to have some virtual shows and also some um, stay, like some safe distance shows. So if you want to be part of those, the the one, um, the first one he mentioned, the the organics, I think it's the place is called that one passed, but I believe he has other shows and he's always announcing events. I know he's going to be part of, uh, an event on YouTube on the 14th. So go check him out, go follow him on Instagram and Twitter and go check out his music. So if you enjoy the podcast, make sure you go leave a five star review on iTunes. And make sure you go follow me at Let Me Know Pod on iTunes, on Instagram, on Facebook, and 
we're getting ready to to record the Halloween episode. So if you have any any stories, you know, scary stories, weird stories, basically any spooky stories that you have that you feel will be a good, you know, a good something for for you guys to be entertained, for you to entertain others. And also, I want to add something else. Maybe some hard, like not horror stories, but like maybe you went to a, a Halloween party and somebody something went wrong you know people got rowdy people got drunk you got drunk you know and it's just um, it could be funny stories doesn't have to necessarily all be hard stories but if you do have them send them in like um you could send me an email at let me know pod you could also send me a voicemail the number is 323-515-2774 so go tell me some of your stories share them with me or you could always send me a voicemail uh, on Instagram, you know, just record your voice and I'll just put it up to the mic and you can hear yourself. And if you don't want to, you could always send it to me and I'll read it out loud. All right, guys, that's it for today. Hopefully, like I said, you enjoyed this episode. Go check out Noah and um, you're about to hear Love Monster Part 2. So enjoy. I forgive because I won't forgive you know, I really believe people can change because I change. I change a lot. And it would be very, very egotistical of me to think no one else can. It's crazy when your downfall gets people life. They will find value in your demise. I'm viable, nigga, that's no surprise I don't close my eyes when I roll the dice I see everything when the cobra strikes Fake love is trash weed that's overpriced Got a queen that's loving and she cold as ice The truth cut deep and she holds a knife The moon affect you different when you're the wave The shrooms hit you different when you love the game the acid hit you different when you seen your grave Now my heart and my soul on the same page The biggest fight my life was against myself My worst enemy is myself I gotta forgive others and forgive myself Let go my ego then help myself I know people can change cause I have changed I found a champion in all my pain I put a to the beat then my angel sang Madam Mary Jane changed my mark of Cain Stimulated my brain to see the change Not numb anymore, yes I can feel the rain Me and Big Kelly out here losing weight Moving out of pace like we out of space Nowadays I'm out here just out on the road In the health mode, my spirit really on swole Checking these marks right next to my goals Cutting through the noise, push a mute on these trolls Not worried about control, just writing my scrolls That love monster language, my Rosetta Stone
This song has been brought to you by Let Me Know Podcast. New episode every week available on all streaming platforms.